Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. We're coming to you live for the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Whether you're looking to purchase a new home or refinance yours, Rocket Mortgage can help you get there for home loan solutions that fit your life. Rocket can. I am blaming the candy. I'm blaming the candy <laughs> that this whole show is on a sugar high right now. If you're watching us on CBS Sports Network, uh, happy Halloween, everybody. We went all out today. Every member of the show got into it for Halloween, and uh, and now, like a candy hangover, these uh, these photos are going to live forever, and the video is going to live forever. Happy Halloween, everyone. Yeah, so I think the star of the show is Stu Kovac. It's definitely Stu again. Can you describe it, Baggy? If you're just listening uh, on the radio today, we're not going to leave you out of the fun. Uh, I am Bill's Mafia today, complete with Zubaz, face paint, and blue wig. Perloff is Joe Burrow on his finest day, complete with floral suit. So, yeah, it was week, I think it was week four, he came into the game against the Dolphins in a floral suit and... I was lucky enough to find that said floral suit on the internet. <laughs> it almost fits too, which is great. Almost, almost. Uh, Mike Samter is Damon Targaryen today, complete with inflatable dragon snorting fire and sword. Probably an HR violation. And Us. Stu is the scariest costume. Uh, one of the soldiers from Squid Games. And we're all so freaked out, we might just get up and walk yeah, this, out. It's so. <laughs> very alarming right now. Yeah, Stu might just have to do the show actually um, by himself. Is there going to be some sort of game where we all die at some point today? <laughs> yes, at the hands of Stu. <laughs> Stu's too quiet. He totally fits the role of one of these guys, these Squid Games guys. Man, so that's where we're at today. And I was wondering if I was going to be happy Bill's Mafia today or sad Bill's Mafia, kind of crying into my Labatt Blue. But I'm happy Bill's Mafia. But you know what I find is really interesting? I saw a lot of Packers reaction yeah. where the Packers were quite happy last night that they kept the game close or that they didn't embarrass themselves or they only lost by 10 or they put together a nice drive after a Josh Allen interception in the red zone. They marched down the field and the Aaron Rodgers, beautiful pass to Torre. Like this somehow inspired hope. I'm watching the game. Yeah. Rodgers and Aaron somehow. Jones and AJ Dillon are laughing on the sidelines, yucking it up. That I didn't like. But I got to tell you, I'm in the camp that I saw a lot of encouraging signs from the Packers. I'm back on the Packers like bandwagon. Aaron Jones broke every single tackle, ran for 143 yards. AJ Dillon broke all these tackles. They have the running game and these. Silly young receivers finally started to make catches. This is exactly what they've been missing. I think where you and I differ on this is I give them full respect. They went to Buffalo, the best team in the league, the far and away number one team in the league, and they didn't get completely blown off the field. So I had very low expectations for them, and I actually am really excited for what comes next. You know, they have a much easier schedule. They go to Detroit, they host the Cowboys, and they host the Titans, two really good teams, but teams that aren't explosive like the Bills. 
The Bills are tough, Maggie. I know. Look at you right now. I know it's sometimes hard for you to accept how good your team is. <laughs> well, uh, why? I'm in full face paint today. I got Zubaz pants on. I'm <laughs> accepting that they're good. Yeah. They, there's no Josh Allen coming up. They got that out of the way. They didn't lose 49-7. to I think there's reason to at least think maybe there's something here. My, how the mighty yeah. have fallen when <laughs> the Packers would be celebrating or Packers fans or whoever, people like Perloff, who found positives last night, that with Aaron Rodgers, the walk him into Canton, first ballot, Hall yeah. of Famer, $50 million a year, the fact that they could keep it close and not get blown out is like the moral victory? Yeah, yeah. That is ridiculous <laughs> to me. That, that to me is, if I'm a Packer fan, I'm embarrassed that even ever that even anyone in the national media would say that. Are you because, serious? You just lost to the Jets. Yeah, and I should have been in this game even more than they were. I know Allen threw two picks in the second half, so you kind of got back into it, but no one ever thought there was a doubt that the Bills are going to win this game. I know they came in as a big underdog, but the fact that you have that weapon on the other side, Aaron Rodgers, and the fact you have the defense that is supposed to be good, and the Bills were scoring, at least in the first half, at will. They did a better job in the second half. Again, the Allen interceptions were bad. They held the Bills to three points. But I cannot get on board and say, oh, now the Packers are about to go on a run. They're just lucky they get the Lions next. But don't you, well, first of all, that's not a guarantee. But this is, They lost to the Commanders, too. I mean, the, well, the Commanders are showing some life. Yeah. Taylor Heineke can ball. But here's the thing. You're not going to go into Buffalo and win the game. This is not going to happen. If Josh Allen decides I want to run the ball, as long as he doesn't get hurt, yeah. there's nobody except maybe Kansas City who's going to beat this team. And I, I think that's a fair – that's not even a radical statement. I love them. My Eagles are 7-0. and That's a different class with the Buffalo Bills. They've been building this team for three years. So the fact that the Packers weren't physically blown out of the stadium – now, the first half, their offensive line could not hold up. No. It was crazy. They were it was, it was ridiculous. Every time Aaron Rodgers – so the fact that they figured out, you know what, our offensive line stinks, so how are we going to move the ball? That's why they're down, what, I don't know what the score, they're down a few touchdowns, and they're running the ball every play. Well, they had that, to. And they have Aaron Rodgers. Right, and it worked a little bit. It was good, and i like to see that. They committed to the run. Okay, so they had to because yeah. it was the only thing that was working. But then when you get into the red zone, you've got to score touchdowns. Like, you've mm. got to finish out the drive if you're going to play Buffalo and you're going to try to beat Buffalo. Well, that's where Devontae Adams would <laughs> that's help. Really yeah. have, well, apparently not this week because I don't know if Devontae Adams has, like, a flu or something, but one reception. We'll get to the Raiders in just a little bit because that was so beyond – just embarrassing for them to get blanked by the Saints who are giving up nearly 30 points a game. Anyway, Stu, I'm sorry. I don't want to get into that and, and make you cry. We will take your Raiders <laughs> calls if you'd like. We'll take your Packers calls because I didn't see this as, wow, okay, I'm going to now take back my Packers, you know, my thought that maybe this is going to be a playoff team. I, they don't look like a playoff team to me. because no, Well, no, they don't look like, but they might look like a seventh team in the NFC playoff team. Well, it's like, congrats, you sort of kind of rose to the occasion. You know, you kind of, sort of, sort of made it a game. And to be honest, the only time they really started throwing the ball on the Bills a little bit, they were down, obviously, is when Jordan Poyer, one of the Bills' star safeties, went out of the game. Okay, did you feel better or worse about the Packers? Did you think that they were going to win this game in Buffalo on a, at night? I thought maybe, I don't know if at night has anything I saw you to do with it. Before, you tweeted before <laughs> the game. And I'm going to call you out on this. Yeah. You said, man, seeing Aaron Rodgers has got to make you nervous. So I said, it still scares me. How can yeah. that? How can Aaron Rodgers that you've seen this year, and it's not because I, I don't think this is your opinion on Aaron Rodgers. I just think you cannot wrap your head around how good your football team is. How can Aaron Rodgers this season scare anybody? No, I, I'm just saying 
okay, maybe not this season, but don't you still feel like someone like that? We don't count out Brady on every on any individual week. It's really hard to count out Aaron Rodgers but, on any. He still is scary with the ball down. You know, you need hmm. two scores like that. I've seen Aaron Rodgers orchestrate this comeback before. I think it's because Brady is throwing to Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Yeah. And when those guys are healthy, I think there's a little more talent around him. But the problem with the Packers is his receiving core until last night was just showing well, us Well, and nothing. Watson went out with a concussion, which is tough. Yeah. I mean, okay, well, you, let's have a real discussion here. But you have to admit, you are having trouble being a front runner. You just are, Maggie. Yeah, definitely having trouble I mean, you're being dressed a like one now, which I love. I know. I lean totally into Bill's Mafia but today. I, I, I've got that's a table what, in the back I'm going to jump into. <laughs> that's why I'm saying what I saw from the Packers was encouraging. Because I feel like when Josh Allen decides to run the ball, this team is completely unstable. Unstoppable at offense, so you you do what you can to stay in the in the game. I know, I know that's so weak for an all time quarterback like that, but it's really hard. This is probably the hardest assignment in the league at night to go into that mayhem that I saw on TV last night. There's there's no way. There were cheeseheads there. Uh, let's hear a little from Aaron Rodgers after the game about whether he is feeling pressure now with the Packers at three and five. I don't feel any added pressure. I like more on me. I enjoy the pressure, enjoy the opportunities to throw the ball down the field, and hopefully we can uh, get some opportunities next week when these guys healthy, though. I mean, you're. I'd hope you can throw a little on the Lions secondary. I mean, that's yeah. the one of the worst defenses. The Lions have only won one game. I mean, even if they've been, you know, a little bit more interesting to watch this year because the Lions' offense is good, the defense is terrible. Yeah. They're going to win that game going but away. But I don't want to see Aaron Rodgers really throwing at all because – the line can't protect him if he's going to drop back and stay there at all. It's got. To, I was so impressed, and this is kind of lame. I mean, I was so impressed by Aaron Jones. He's oh, unbelievable. So why can't you do that all the time? <laughs> I mean, you can. It's harder when you're trailing by two scores, which they, they were. Can, I love they, that they, they kept did commit. It. They did commit. They didn't have another choice. I don't know why they don't do it more. Aaron Jones is so scary. And then when A.J. Dillon comes in, it's like, all right, good luck with all that. I mean, so, he's as hard to bring down as anybody. You know the Bills really well. Is the Bills' run defense vulnerable? Is that part of the reason they were able to run so much? Or could is this a repeatable you know, scheme for the Packers to keep running the ball like that? So... I think it's repeatable for the Packers. Let's start there. I definitely think it's repeatable. It's obvious. These are two of the yeah. two best players besides Rodgers. Like, definitely, you should be running the ball all the time. Jones is awesome. And to be honest, like, every time they try to throw the ball out, just like these quick out to the yeah. flat, it worked every time. Like, mm. they could get five yards when they needed it with that play. They ran it 100 times, and it worked. As far as the Bills' run defense, the Bills run this kind of, like, bend, don't break kind of thing. They've been doing this for a long yeah. time. They will let you move on them a bit in between the 40s and then, or in between the 20s, I guess. And then when you get into the red zone, it they are just trying to keep you out of the end zone. If you kick a field goal, Bills fans are rejoicing. Isn't because the, the new- offense is so good, they know that yeah. they can keep it up on the other end. Isn't that the new NFL where everybody can move the ball in the 20s, but then everyone's getting stuck in the red zone, especially the great players. Tom Brady, everyone lets the Bucks go do whatever they want between yep. the 20s. Tom Brady has 350 yards of passing a game but they're not scoring in the red zone. So I, I feel like this is a new formula, the two-eye safety and all that. So the Packers have not adjusted well to it, but I think last night was the first time they actually looked a little dangerous in a long time. Wow. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Were you more encouraged by the Packers last night? 
I can't get there. I was not encouraged. I know that Devondre Campbell went out of the game. That's obviously a bummer. I mentioned Watson mm. had the concussion. That's a bummer. There's still so much talent on this team, especially on the defense. Well, a lot of draft picks. We don't know if there's talent. I They have a lot of first-rounders and second-rounders there. They're not playing like first-rounders and second-rounders. but uh, The Bills did a good job of basically scheming Rashawn Gary kind of out of the game. Yeah. You know, they did a really nice job of that, so I'll give them a lot of credit there. But we want to hear from you because... The Packers are just one of the underachieving teams in the NFL. We've got another one for you coming up next. And you know what? We can't even really kick around Russell Wilson and the Broncos because they escaped with a win in London. That was <laughs> and even not if they did, very pretty. Even if they did lose in London, aren't we getting tired of beating up the Broncos? <laughs> There's no, no, no joy in that anymore. No. Uh, Let's ride is back. That's fun, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's back, yes. <laughs> Do you know how uh, how we got back from London? On the airplane. Oh, no. Maggie. Don't do it. Don't do it, sad dad. Don't do it. It's harder for Stu to find these things because... Yeah, wait, wait. Here comes the airplane. Yeah, what the... Nailed it. Stu. Stu, can you even see Nailed us it. right now? With, did you have a black mask? It, it, it comes to reading the computers a little more difficult than I thought it would oh be. See, God. this is the kind of commitment to Halloween that we like around here. Forget <laughs> the show today. It just If the show doesn't work, it doesn't matter. You in the Squid Games costume is all that matters. Here comes the airplane. <laughs> I'm sure he was doing high knees the whole way back. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. We will get to your phone calls, of course. Who did you think was underachieving from yesterday? Oh, I love this on CBS Sports Network. Perloff and I as pumpkin heads. I can tell this is going to be a very fun day. If you're not in front of a TV, <laughs> I highly suggest you get to one immediately. Uh, you are welcome to weigh in on who you think is the most underachieving team because the Packers have a definitely can lay claim. The Broncos can lay claim. And our I mean, next the, team. The Bucs played Thursday night, too. They're pretty bad. Let's, we will never forget about the Bucks, yeah, yeah. <laughs> even though they played on a Thursday night. Uh, okay, we'll get into so much more, too. Day's just getting going here. Happy Halloween, everyone. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Back in a minute. This season, for the first time, you can hear every Westwood One NFL broadcast stream live for free. Mondays, Thursdays, Sunday nights, the International Series, holiday triple headers, and every postseason game. Catch all the action on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com via Westwood One station streams or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports. All sponsored by AutoZone. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause of your pesky check engine light for free and get you back on the road. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone, happy Halloween. Now, Maggie, you are dressed as a, what you are, a Bills fan, (laughs) a Bills Mafia member. I've never painted my face before today. So last night was uh, a celebration of the Bills Mafia and the Bills fans. Yep. I think America's all in. I think you're wearing red, white, and blue. I think you <laughs> I think you are on the right. This is, this is not America's a ba- team is Buffalo. Is that right? I thought it's, it was Dallas. It's not a bandwagon for you at all to say this because you're a Bills fan your whole life. Yeah. But I feel like everyone's jumping on the Bills bandwagon. That was the vibe I got last night watching the game. Maybe it was the broadcast, but it felt like 
they're kind of America's team in a way right now. Well, I mean, I don't want to take away from the Dallas Cowboys, who will always hold the but America's team moniker. They're America's team, but half the country hates the Cowboys, too. It's like the Stephen A. Michael Irvin thing. Yeah, right, People right. love to hate the Cowboys. I feel like the Bills are right now the most lovable they team. They are likable. You know when people say things like, the NFL is better or sports yeah. is better when so-and-so is good or so-and-so is good, and I think the Bills are one of those teams. I think I Maybe I'm a little too close to no, the product no, here, no, no. but I think sports is better when the Bills are good because you, ridiculous. you know you're going to get you know late you know winter games in buffalo and people love that football weather and like that kind of part no i I think you're right because when the leagues look at their markets la's got 20 million people in new york we need this small town in western new york that probably shouldn't have a pro team (laughs) when they're good the league is gonna well same with the packers i mean i think that it's great when the packers are really good that's always fun and look at the teams in la right now was that a Rams game or was that a 49ers game? Because I couldn't tell yesterday. I'm pretty sure it looked like it was a 49ers game happening in Los Angeles. Uh, it's not like they're drawing this no, incredible you're right. crowd. I, I'm just giving you a hard time. It's hard to be. All this Bills energy coming at me is not easy to take <laughs> on right now. I, I scared the crap out of Rich Ackerman because my face is painted you, blue, white, and red. Yeah. And he was coming out of the bathroom and I was walking down the hall and he goes, huh. Yeah. I was like, yes, I am scary, Bills Mafia. There's today. something horror movie about your outfit yeah. right now. And There's something the way horror your hair movie is. about the way the Bills Mafia is too. Yeah, it's a, it's point. fun and it's also like a little scary at the same time. So there you go. Um, another one of America's team that is actually, this is a team that people always say this about. The league is good. The NFL is good when the Raiders are good. And we thought we had it this year. We thought the Raiders were going to be shaping up to be good. Now, you're reading the 24 nothing losses and indictment of the Raiders. I see it as a victory for Andy Dalton, my <laughs> yeah, guy. I'm sure you would. But yeah. I will admit there are some problems in Las Vegas. Yeah, I think that we can now say that the Raiders are the most underachieving team in the NFL. And I know the Broncos are coming really hard at that mantle, but it's got to be the Raiders. Wait, wait, wait. I I don't think that that's a no-brainer at all. I think the the Bucs and the Packers, they were like second and third in the Super Bowl rankings coming into the... The Raiders were... 15th coming into the season. But think about it. In terms of expectations because of what you added, not because of who you already had, but what you added in the offseason. Now, maybe we make this mistake all the time where you sign these big free agents or trade for them and that or trade for big-time guys that you automatically mm. think it's going to click. But Devontae Adams, who had one catch yesterday, Hunter Renfro has one catch yesterday, Derek Carr throws for 100 yards, basically, and does not lead a drive that gets over midfield against the Saints. The Saints. This is not some all-world, all-pro defense Well, it's supposed to be. It was last year. They've been giving up almost 30 points a game. Yeah, their secondary is uh, terrible. They get some guys back. I don't know. That's not... to me, we should not have counted them as a Super Bowl team. You expected them to be a good team. I though. thought they were going to be a playoff team. I was way wrong about that. I but mean, they, they got two wins. Yeah, but you admitted they were in that messy AFC West. Even if you thought they were going to be a playoff team. Yeah, I don't think they're the most disappointing team. I think that they're... I mean, Josh McDaniels, is, is he in trouble? Okay, so yeah. after the game, Josh McDaniels and Mark Davis have a closed-door conversation. If you are keeping score at home, that's the second that they have had so far yeah. this year. It's week... We just are finishing week eight. It's like there's this is no time has passed yet. We're not even fully at the midway point of the NFL season, and you have two closed door meetings with the owner. It's like 
I don't know if Josh McDaniels is actually in any trouble. I think that Mark Davis is super loyal. I don't think that he would be like quick to, you know, pull mm. the plug on Josh McDaniels. But man, what a disappointment he has been with all those tools. And even if your offensive line isn't perfect, but with all those weapons on offense, that's what you put out yesterday, a goose egg? Yuck. Yeah, I mean, we knew coming into the season there there was a big problem with the offensive line. And here's the reality is there they're digging themselves out from the Mike Mayock era. There was a lot of bad, bad picks, high first round picks, Cleveland Farrell, and that just did not work out. So I don't think you can make bad first round picks for five years and survive. But think about all the things they tried to do to kind of like put deodorant on that. Yeah, they all I mean, sound it's great expensive deodorant. Those were March moves that we got. Devontae Adams should work. That that makes sense. But I, I thought that the other moves, Chandler Jones, they just without an offensive line, you're not going to survive. I'm not shocked. I think Josh McDaniel, fair or not, is going to get some time here. I think you're right. He is loyal, but also this team, it, maybe I'm playing Monday morning quarterback. They're just not that great. I mean, they are, they're Max know, Crosby, who's amazing. And, who did nothing yesterday. Yes. And Hunter Renfro is a baller. You know, I'm a huge Hunter Renfro fan. And Darren Waller is great, but he's been in and out. And Devontae Adams doesn't seem perfectly healthy either. So... I, there's a lot of excuses. And our guy, Mac Collins, who, again, is like leading the league, leading the team, rather, in receptions, who I think Mac is great. We appreciated when yeah. he came to New York. He wasn't wearing shoes. I don't know what that was about, even still. But he can't be leading the team in receptions. Like, that's not mm. what you want. That was not the design. Yeah. And that's the, the how many times that happened so far this, this season. It's, yeah. th- this is rough here for the Raiders, and I think they are, without a doubt, the most underachieving team. Like, I know Brady and, and we can talk about Rodgers and what they should be. But what the Raiders, they were supposed to level up. They were supposed to be, make the leap, right? To what? To a play, a, a no-doubt playoff team. They were a playoff team last year. Nobody thought they were going to win the Super Bowl. So They were a playoff team last year, but we all admit that took a little bit of magic to even yeah. make them a playoff team. Well, Obviously, it, the last week of the season against the LA Chargers. But the reality is we thought that FC West was going to have four 12 and four teams. And that there's no way they could. We thought this is what a lot of people said. The Raiders are good, but they're not quite as good as the Chargers and the Broncos and the Chiefs are still the class of the division. Turns out that's not what happened at all. No, it turns out the Chiefs being the class of the division. That's, that's right. true. That's true. That's the <laughs> yeah. only prediction that has actually been good about the AFC West that we had. So I'm still, I'm sorry. I, I feel like you know more than anybody though, how much the Raiders think. Yeah, they're they're pretty bad. And I thought this was going to be a nice run of uh, some easy teams, and no. Don't you sound like we're you're just going to make Stu talk about the Raiders in the Squid Games costume the whole the whole show. Disaster! Just everything's a disaster. I'm glad you can't see my face right now because I'm not very happy. <laughs> it would be amazing if you could do that all in Does Korean. Does Stu want to play red light, green light with yeah, the Raiders staff? <laughs> yes, please. Yeah, that maybe might bring you a little salvation. There, there is a quick trade deadline note that just went down. According to Jay Glazer and Ian Rappaport, the Ravens had just traded for Bears star linebacker Roquan Smith. You know what? Of course they would. Dang. Of course they would. We should have seen that coming. The Ravens love a linebacker. Can't get enough. Yeah, but they they let some of them out of the building, though. I know, but that we always say, like, well, what's wrong with that guy that the Ravens would let you go? Yeah, I, I, I mean, honestly, can you imagine the Patriots without Judon the last two years? Yeah, I, I know. It, He's been great. That, yeah, that see, was that's probably why, a bad idea. That's why, is this really characteristic? The Ravens are usually the ones who, who draft these guys. Draft these guys, and they get out of the building. I, 
I'm curious what the are there any uh, parameters yet, and why couldn't the Eagles get Roquan Smith? And I'm sure okay. you're thinking the same thing. Why could the you Bills just get, get Robert Ro- Quinn? Yeah, Robert Quinn on. is 32 <laughs> and had one sack on the season. Roquan Smith is a one man wrecking crew. I need him on the Eagles. Yeah, I, I mean the Eagles can't just trade for everybody. Perloff. I mean, come on. Everybody, we got Robert Quinn. We gave up a fifth round pick for Robert Quinn. That's not everybody. We haven't um, done anything yet. What you did in March when you got AJ Brown who scored three touchdowns yesterday, who you were like, eh, every wide receiver is basically the same. You, they're the new running back. Meanwhile, he's like the best player on your team besides Jalen Hurts. Okay. And he might actually be built. Okay. He might actually be better than Hurts. I've been I've been sort of monitoring that take from week to week. And yes, it does seem that AJ Brown is doing for Jalen Hurts what Stephon Diggs did for Josh Allen. But how do you know the quarterback just didn't take another step up? Because we saw signs of Jalen Hurts. I think both could be true. Both could be true. Yeah. Right. And that's so why Jalen Hurts is not just a product of what's going on with the wide receiver core. I think he's also improved a lot. Seven and the schedule helps a lot. Yeah. The 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 Eagles who play absolutely nobody. I love uh, it. The 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 fraud. Oh, of there we go. Oh, That's it. Here we go. Sour grapes. Yeah, a yeah, little yeah. bit. Just go to DraftKings and check out the Coach of the Year odds. And the odds don't lie, Maggie. I, Ball I, don't lie. I don't want to get started on the Coach of the Year odds. Perloff is touting Coach I of the can't. Year like it's winning the Nobel Prize. First of all, <laughs> I can give you how many how many idiot coaches have won Coach of the Year. Number one. Number two. You're going to give it to Nick Sirianni. He's the front runner because why? They're undefeated. They're playing basically JV team after JV team. Meanwhile, the Bills, <laughs> one of the toughest schedules in all of the NFL. Oh. Nobody ever sniffs Sean McDermott because, like, no one even notices he's there. That's how well run the team is. Oh, and they can't even cover against a Packers team that just lost to Taylor Heineke. The spread and was Zach 10 Wilson. And a half. Was Zach Wilson playing? <laughs> they lost to Zach Wilson, right? Was Wilson the quarterback for that Jets game? Who? I'm, uh, when the Packers lost to the Jets. Yeah. They, Zach Wilson was the. Uh, was oh, the yeah. I mean, this is, this is bad. I'm just saying. The, the Bills, who are the Bills being besides the Chiefs? The Chiefs, you know, they, they beat the like, Ravens. Yeah. <laughs> the Giants beat the Ravens. They beat the Rams week one before we knew the Rams might have been false goods. Terrible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. You can't give Sean McDermott the coach of the year because he's been building Why? a Super Bowl because that's not how it works. It works if you come out of nowhere, like Kevin Stefanski and the Browns. That's who wins coach of the year, not Sean McDermott. Yeah, not and, how, be, I, and how's that holding up? Kevin Stefanski no, with the Browns. I, I'm not saying that. I think Nick Sirianni could have a very Kevin Stefanski-like trajectory. And I'm not saying that's who wins Coach of the Year. Matt Nagy won Coach of the Year. I know. That's why I said this is a flawed award. Okay. But they should be giving it to McDermott. They beat the Rams. They beat Tennessee. They beat Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Kansas City. They beat teams 50 times what the Eagles have beat. Uh, Maggie, if I were you and I had this team, I would think about one award. The Lombardi Trophy. Yeah, Who cares about Coach of the Year? I mean, look at this list. Vrabel won it last year. Stefanski. It. John Harbaugh when they were 14-2 and two and they went out early in the playoffs. Matt Nagy. McVay before the Super Bowl year. Jason Garrett won in 2016 when they were 13-3. and three. <laughs> That, Wait, two, that okay. didn't age well. Yeah, then Ron Rivera the year the Panthers made the Super Bowl. Yeah. Bruce Arians, Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera won two out of three years. Bruce Arian. Oh my gosh, this list makes no sense. <laughs> I'm Forget you. Coach of the Year, Maggie. Give it to give it to Nick Sirianni. No, I, I won't. I'm offended by that. Even the suggestion of that. <laughs> How about uh, Pete Carroll? <laughs> you know what? Dead wrong about the Seahawks this year, yeah. and I'm so glad I was because this is such a more fun outcome for the Seahawks. I thought they were definitely doing the organizational tank, trying to get a quarterback. Meanwhile. Geno Smith might be the MVP of the league, and Pete Carroll is amazing, even if he's interfering with the referees on the sideline. I don't even care. I think you might be going too far pro Seattle. I mean, that Giants, the Giants 
took half a team out west for that game. Yeah, I really they, want to see. I'm, I'm you couldn't de- name the Giants when they're a full team or if they're a half a team. It's a bunch of nobodies on the team. That's the whole point of why the Giants are, you know, this incredible story this year. I really want to see the Seahawks match up against the Niners and the Rams and get a, get a sense of where they are. That, that'll be fun. That'll be one of the best storylines the next part of the season. Actually, they go to the Cardinals, which is going to be, and the Cardinals are a team of desperation right now. Yeah. Tried to scrap out a win. Uh, that yeah, was this, brutal, yes. The Seahawks is going to be fun. Uh, that's another team that it's really fun that they're in it. But MVP, I mean, I mean, Gino Smith's run for like 210 yards a game. He, he doesn't have to do anything. Perloff, it's called poise, all right? It's poise. called poise. <laughs> it's called leadership. It's called finally getting your – it's about narratives. It's about stories. It's Geno Smith going over to Tyler Lockett, putting an arm around him yesterday after that terrible drop. Lockett comes back down, catches a beautiful touchdown pass. It's about that. Uh, it's not about, about the fact that Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts are doubling Geno Smith's production. And no, I mean it. It should go to Josh Allen, but oh, well. Geno Smith could talk. Hmm. He's in. He's in the mix now. He's not just comeback player. I'm of the seeing year. a now trend here: Sean McDermott and for Coach of the Year and Josh Allen for MVP. It's, I know, just like well, shocking. that one's easy. Josh Allen's going to win the MVP unless Jalen Hurts can stay red hot. That's basically a two-man race at this point. It's not a race. Maybe Vegas has it as a race, but it's not really a race. Mm, uh, I know how these calling her work. shot early. She she thought that Kyle Brandt was jinxing the Bills. Here we go, calling this it is, early. Week set, week eight. This is the one day because I'm dressed ridiculously like a member of Bills Mafia. This is the one day that I get to be super excited about the Bills. Um, I was just thinking about this. If so, Rich Ackerman is here now to give us our CBS Sports update. I was just thinking if actual serious news broke today. <laughs> While we're dressed in these ridiculous costumes. I mean, Ackerman just has to do the rest of the show, right? <laughs> well, I mean, Ackerman's costume is the worst. I mean, that mask needs to come off immediately. Uh, oh, Sander. Uh, not nice. Um, <laughs> like, Rich, are you prepared? Like, if something bad happens, knock on wood, hopefully we get a, all celebrities stay alive today. Uh, you would have to jump in and do the show because there's no way we could do this the way we're dressed. I can do it. Okay. I can come in out of the bullpen for you. <laughs> bring the left-hander in. We need, we need somebody who's dressed appropriately. Prof, where did you get that suit? I love you for yeah. wearing it, but I'm just curious. Where where, where do you actually find it? Uh, places I shop at are not places that you would normally go. Uh, it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean. What country was that imported from? Uh, did you ever heard of Italy? two guys named Dolce and Gabbana? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you ever hear of them? But yes, it's I like have. it's not a, them though, is it? Where you got it, it's like <laughs> Molce and Mabana. It's the knockoff. So actually, don't look closely at the label. Uh, guess how much Joe Joe Burrow wore this as a walk up before the Dolphins game. Guess how much his suit was. His floral suit, which is if you on radio, it's basically this really cool floral pattern for pants and jacket. Thirty nine hundred dollars. Yeah, I was gonna say about. I was gonna say thirty five hundred. Yeah, this was not that. Thirty nine ninety nine. Closer to that. <laughs> but I, but I, honestly, I, same, same. They're showing on I CBS absolutely Sports love Network. it. I'm trying to already think of other occasions to wear a floral print suit. <laughs> I don't have any. Um, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, I can't show up at a wedding like this, can I? If no. you want to be the talk of the wedding. Well, I do. I mean, then the bride would be like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> Today's my day. <laughs> How dare you wear something that would upstage me like this? Well, the other thing, though, I have a, I'll just admit my waist size. I'm a 34 waist. Yeah. Maybe a 33. I think these are 30s. So if I bend over to pick up a pen, that's <laughs> all over. They're going. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm just curious, though. You walk into a store and say, what do you got in the floral prints? How do you, how do you would you even find that? Don't worry about it, Ack. I, got I, my, I give you a lot of credit for it. I'm a stylist. I'm just He's saying. I'm, I have a stylist. I'm very impressed that you were able to come up with this. 
Yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> I think actually, it would have been even more fun if you were wearing this too. Oh my God, that would be amazing. <laughs> you, you have a 40 short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we thought Perloff was going to split it. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe the jacket. Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, when I say split it, like I do not have, it's not like I'm overweight. It's just these are entirely tiny pants. <laughs> I just love the who's the tiny person who's going to be wearing this, you know? Yeah. I, well, this is a 40 long jacket. So I would no, think. But like a 30 pants for a guy is pretty small, right? Yeah, it's pretty small. Yeah. Yes. I, I don't know. I, it's hard to get knockoff costumes these days. The, the, the well, I, service said, is not I, what it I'm used very, to be. I'm very impressed. Yeah. Well, what's your deal? Everyone here, Samter is a Targaryen. I didn't get the. Stews from Squid Games. I, I didn't get the memo. We you get the memo that's Halloween the today? <laughs> well, I, I mean, I just did. We didn't email each other. None of us communicated yeah. at all. So you all. just all came in? That's, that's Well, Maggie and I talked a little bit okay. about our, our different strategies. Although yeah. I, I thought Stu was from Devo when he first walked in today. Yeah. <laughs> Whip it good? Yeah. Up on the cultural trends, <laughs> as usual, Rich Ackerman. Uh, yes. <laughs> was that 1988? <laughs> awesome. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. I might be off there by like 10 years. Was it like 1980? 80 to 90. 80 to 90. There you go. That was 80. Which team should absolutely be making a trade at the deadline, plus another massive shakeup in college football? We will get to that in just a moment. Here's a sports update, a CBS sports update with Rich Ackerman. It's time to ask the pros where you, the listener, gets to ask us a question brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Simply check out the link, cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros, or tweet your question at CBS Sports Radio using the hashtag askthepros. Be listening later in the show when we might answer your questions. Sorry, I just glimpsed over at Maggie's face. Feverishly writing notes with this ridiculous <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. costume and makeup yes. on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Trying to do it. your job while also in costume is yeah, something. we got the Bills Mafia in the house, but I think yeah. uh, let's shift to college football for a second. Great yeah. weekend. Talking about costumes, Tennessee, the uniforms. Uh, oh, Kentucky should have just gotten out of there after the first quarter. That <laughs> was black not fair. the uniforms just get back on that the bus? Black and orange uniforms, that crowd, that was unfair. Uh, but we did have a firing today in the SEC. Yeah, so Brian Harson got fired from Auburn. Now, there's nothing that's surprising about him getting fired. This is someone who has been embattled going back to this offseason when all of a sudden there were a lot of transfers and there were some questions about how he was running the program and he came under tons and tons of scrutiny. But you would think if they did fire him early on in the year, sort of, why now? Maybe why not wait till the end of the yeah. year? But instead, it took just, uh, well, they lose by two touchdowns this weekend, and all of a sudden, Brian Harson is out. It looks like they're also getting a new athletic director who was just named or is about to be named any moment, too. So lots of moving parts here. The former Mississippi State AD is going to be coming over to Auburn. But besides just like the technical and the nitty-gritty about Auburn, we were wondering, is ne- is this the best opening now? Yeah. Right? Like, Nebraska is open. Yep. Colorado. Arizona State. Wisconsin. Wisconsin open, is open. Is Auburn the best, or is it one of the most thankless? Like, I'm thinking back, like, man, I get, Gus Malzahn's not looking so bad anymore, huh? But I think this is a great job. Ooh. I know, I know. Hear me out, though. Interesting. Okay. So, I know that it's hard to recruit against Alabama and it's hard to recruit because Georgia is good recruiting in the state of Alabama, right? But you don't, it's not like Nebraska where you have no offense to people in Nebraska, but you have like no geographic, you know, um, advantage there. At least in Alabama, you do have tons and tons of talent. 
Now, listen, are you going to be able to compete with the Alabamas? No, but you at least have a rich history and you have, you're geographically in a good spot. Well, I mean, maybe not as good as LSU, but you're in a good spot. I mean, I'm not a recruiting expert. I mean, we're not, but I feel like Alabama's got a quarterback from LA. Clemson's got a quarterback from LA. Uh, guys are people approaching Texas. You can go way beyond your area in today's football game. That's true. My problem is not the recruiting. It's that you actually have to play these teams. You have to, you have to not only recruit against them, then you got to go against Georgia. You got to go against Alabama. Yeah. LSU might be on an uptick. Tennessee looks like they found yeah. a formula. So if I'm a coach, and I'm sorry, I'm thinking of a certain USC coach named Lincoln Riley. Do I want to go into the SEC if uh, because he didn't want to go into the SEC? He left Oklahoma the day they announced they were going into the SEC. Right. He's like, I'm going to try the Pac-12. I if I'm a, say a Lane yeah, Kiffin, but now that's going to be the Big Ten. Right, I, that's the, true. nothing is yeah, anything. Just yeah, wait five minutes. Great, that's a great point. <laughs> but be uh, I feel like if I'm a uh, uh, Dion, let's say Dion, Dion Sanders, Deion Sanders, who might be up for a big time job. Or if I'm Lane Kiffin, who might be up for something again, I am nervous about going to Auburn because of where they stand in the SEC and how hard it is to make a national title run from there. Yeah, but wouldn't you have maybe you could have said that about Ole Miss when Lane Kiffin was there but you know, before he got there? I know that mm-hmm. it's he didn't take that was not because he had his choice of jobs. I don't think he wanted necessarily to be at Ole Miss long term. You want to be at a team where you think you can win the title. No, I get it, but I would also think that if you you're right about the transfer portal about. Auburn is a, a name for kids, who young men who want to play in the SEC. Yep. If you can take advantage and get a good quarterback, like you can, it's also easier to put yourself on the map. You know, like if you put together a good season, remember what a household name Gus Malzahn became. I mean, yep. he really did. And so that's why I think that this is still a good job. I don't think that it should be a negative that you play tough, a tough schedule. You know, like I don't think a lot of coaches think that way. If you want to just play an easy schedule, you can stay at, you know, D1 AA or whatever. Like, you don't have to do this. And I think that some coaches want this challenge. Also, I mean, not to be like this, but Brian Harson's getting a $15.5 million payout. So if you even are, say you're even in it for like the most selfish of reasons, they paid Gus Malzahn $27 million to go away. They're paying Brian Harson $15.5 million to go away. This is a job that's going to be very attractive. Uh, yeah, well, that's a good point. But I, I don't know. If I... I'm looking at Arizona State, for example. Yeah. They've never really been on the national scene, but you can make some noise there, especially once you, USC and UCLA leave. There are opportunities. I just think it's going to be really hard for whoever comes in at Auburn right now. Maybe that's because Brian Harson didn't do much there. It just doesn't, you know, the SEC is cyclical, but the SEC is going to get even harder with Texas and Oklahoma. I feel like Auburn is going to be a little farther down on that list. But what did what did Auburn like? What have we even seen from that in the past? Right, you yeah. get an you get you get lucky or whatever. However, well, Cam got Newton got there. Cam Newton gets there, and then you actually have a fun offense after that with Gus Malzahn, and it attracts people. You you know beat Alabama with the kick six in the Iron Bowl. Yeah, no, Auburn's a great, and also the atmosphere is incredible. Yeah, it's an incredible legacy. Bo Jackson, it is. It's one of the prestige programs. Yeah, I I will agree with you. It's definitely got an incredible traction, but I'm just a little bit nervous. Say say you're Lane Kiffin and you're at Ole Miss. Yeah, are you really going to jump to Auburn? I don't think that's enough of a jump. Yeah. Up. For like, it seems a little bit more like a lateral move. Yeah, and what do you think? By the way, one name that keeps coming up a lot of people say Hugh Freeze, the former Mississippi coach who's now at Liberty, right? Who really just signed a, a long, just signed a yeah. big deal with Liberty, though. I think 
I, the way I'm reading it today, there is that does not mean that he can't possibly take this job. Yeah. He's, he really is does seem like a good offensive coach. Hey, does shout he out. Have- Shout out to Malik Willis, by the way. First NFL win. Yeah, 55 yards Didn't do much. Hey, <laughs> hey, former Liberty quarterback. Got the W, though. But, Derrick uh, Henry had nothing to do with that whatsoever. A guy like Hugh Freeze seems like an interesting fit for me, Auburn. Let's not talk about ethics or anything. I was going to say, but, does he have cell phone privileges or no cell phone privileges <laughs> when he gets there? But he can do something different on offense. He can make... If you're going to take over a program like Auburn, you have to be distinctive from Alabama and Georgia because you might not beat them on talent every year. Yeah, right. So you could have a great, cool offense. That's like what Malzahn said, did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So maybe Hugh Freeze would be a good fit there. Deion Sanders is going to be a good fit wherever he goes. He's just going to be electric, I think. Do you see Deion Sanders? I, I always just kind of assume that because Deion doesn't have to take a job right now, right? Yeah. Like, he can stay at Jackson State. He's doing that to put a, a historically black college yeah. university like at HBCU on the map in a, in a in a way that his only his fame can do. Right, they uh, game day this week. It was amazing. So... I don't. I think he's going to be really judicious here. I always mm. just, and I think Mike Norvell. Like, I'm not trying to put a guy out of a job. I just assumed it would be FSU whenever that becomes no, available I, again. I think they. I think he wanted the job before. And they you know? passed, yeah. but now he's got more bona fides having having taken the Jackson State job. Well, I mean, the one that does stand out is Georgia Tech, though, for him because his ties to Atlanta. He yep. was a Falcon. That's a big time job. I think it'd be a great fit for him as well. I don't know. I but don't you get the sense he's not coaching yeah, for the same reason that a lot of these guys are? Like I it's do get prime. that sense. He's doing it because I think he's help. He wants to help this university. I I think he though uh, based on interviews that I heard of him, I don't think that he's averse to going to a big time program. I think he might want to be in the national title conversation, and I think he has reason to believe. Ooh, I can make some noise there because he's not going to win a title at yeah. Jackson State, but. I don't know. If you're a Georgia, I think if you're a Georgia Tech, you'd be thrilled to get Deion. And if you're at Auburn, I would look at Deion as well. Well, the thing, though, about Deion Sanders, and I, I just am assuming this, I'm not trying to count someone else's money, but I don't think like a big contract is not going to blow him away. It's not like, oh, I was going to turn this down, but you gave me so much money, I just couldn't say no. Mm. Is Deion in that category? I feel like he's doing it more as like uh, because he wants to, not because he feels like he's in it for the money. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I have I mean, no yeah. idea what his Even people are. with money want more money. That's hard to tell. I mean, if it's look at these college contracts. You tell me anyone's turning that? Brian Harson just got what was that fifty million dollars? Just Come to go on. away. That's a lot of money. Okay, quickly, let's go to Big Dave in Kentucky. Dave, you got about uh, thirty or forty seconds. What's on your mind? Won't take me that long. If you guys, Perloff thinks that uh, Ole Miss is a parallel job to Auburn, he's nuts. I mean, I, that's one of the most elite programs there is. They have an endless bank account. They've got huge boosters, and it's not been long ago they won a national championship. Do you yeah. think they're the Lane same Kippen as Georgia and Alabama? Heartbeat, but they're not going to. They're not going to take Lane Kiffin. Big Dave, do you, you what? Do you think they're the same as Georgia and Alabama? Auburn? No, nope. But they're a step down. They, I mean, as far as the status of the program overall, probably. Well, nobody's equal to Alabama, right? But you can't let the last three or four years of mediocrity. I mean, you know, that's an elite program, an elite program with deep pockets. You could yeah. be right. No, I, I, I know I, what you're saying. I agree, Dave. Thanks so much for the call. Well, sorry we're up against it or else we'd get into that Kentucky-Tennessee game a little bit more with you. Big Dave from oh. Kentucky, always a good caller. Yeah, that was not the game I kind of was hoping to watch on Saturday. I mean, impressive for Tennessee. Just another oh. just another like notch in the belt for Tennessee. And I now mean, the big game against Georgia looms. I'm wearing the Joe Burrow outfit. Hennon Hooker could easily put on that Joe Burrow outfit. He's a sure starting to look like LSU yeah. a couple years ago. That is a great point. Coming up, 
Of course, we'll take your phone calls on the state of Auburn football. Also, the biggest shock of this NFL season. We do all that next. Happy Halloween, everyone. It's the Maggie and Perloff Show. Don't move. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.